Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Matthew 7 and uh, it's finishing up. It'll be the tail end of the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Lots of good information in here, lots of words from Christ, so obviously it's good. But also just lots of good insights from Charles Spurgeon and also um, also A.W. Tozer. So before we go into any of that, let's open up with prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for being my father. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for adopting me into your into your household. And thank you for your grace and your mercy, because I sure don't deserve it. And Father, I lift up this time now. I pray that you would be the one that we hear. Holy Spirit, may you guide us. May you speak to us. And may it be your message that we need to hear. And may it be what we do take away. Lord, I pray there would be nothing from me, no words from me, but it would all be yours. Because you're the light and what I have is not worthy. So, Father, I lift up this time. I pray that our hearts, our minds, and our spirits would be prepared correctly to hear your word so that we can grow closer to you, and more importantly, not just gain wisdom, but put into practice your teachings, put into practice your love, put in practice how to live for you, it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So there's a, there's a lot here. There's a number of messages or there's a lot of um, number of commentaries here. And before we start into it, um, I just want to read real quickly from Charles Spurgeon. He's talking about <clears throat> Matthew 7 verse 12, but I think it applies a lot throughout the entire message. I think it applies to a lot of our lives. So I'm just going to read the first paragraph of, of his uh, sermon that he gave back in 1883. And uh, he was talking at his church. He writes about Matthew 7:12, which says, Knock and it shall be opened unto you. He says, I believe no doubt that taken very strictly the three exhortations of this verse, which indeed are but one, were first of all intended for God's believing people. It was to his disciples that the Lord said, cast, that, cast not your pearls before swine, and perhaps certain of them who were poor in spirit might turn around and say, Lord, we have no pearls. We are too poor to have the treasures of your grace so plentifully. You have bidden us not to give that which is holy unto dogs, but holiness is rather a thing we seek after than possess. Well, says the Lord, you have only to ask and have. You have not because you have asked not. You have only to seek, and you will be sure to find. For holy things are like rare pearls, are to be discovered if you look for them. You have only to knock, and spiritual secrets shall be opened to you, even the innermost truths of God. So for me, I think that's just a very critical element for me understanding this scripture. It's right there with, um, in chapter 6, verse 33, where He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So it all starts with our hearts. It always has throughout this, these readings, and it's always that way with God. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's start with verse one. 
Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. I love this. It's like, hey, it's all about our hearts, right? Again, we're sitting there. We know when we're being hypocritical. We know when we have issues. And yet we're pointing out the flaws in others. And yet ours are so immense and so impactful. But we're ignoring them. I do this. I do it quite a bit. I've been doing it a lot with the election. Verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. So, again, as Spurgeon states, this was a, was a message to his believers. This was to his disciples. It's not necessarily just to anybody, but at the same time, it is there and available to anyone who believes in him. So he goes on to say in verse 9, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will be rec- you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That just reminds me of, it gets back to like we've been talking, it's all about our heart. Is it God's or is it ours? Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. 
When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had, who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So, the Sermon on the Mount, we could spend a, a week, an entire day, easily on every topic that started up there in verse five, in chapter 5, just with his prayer on how to pray the Lord's Prayer. The salt and the light, the fulfillment of the law, murder, adultery, divorce. But I think the overriding issue here is, where's our heart? Is our heart right with God? And I think when we get into um, the thoughts of others, you know, A.W. Tozer has chosen in, from verse uh, from chapter 7, verse 16, to focus on, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do not do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? He writes, The Christian cannot close his eyes to good and evil in his fellow men. He cannot avoid rendering moral judgment on the deeds of men. And indeed, he is accountable to do so. By their fruit, you will recognize them. From such, turn away. But his disappropriation of the evil ways of men must not betray him into contempt for them as human beings. He must reverence the humanity of every man, however degraded, out of appreciation for his divine origin. No one for whom Christ died can be common or worthless. Humanity itself must be honored as the garment assumed by the eternal Son in the Incarnation. To esteem anyone worthless who wears the form of a man is to be guilty of an affront to the Son of Man. We should hate sin in ourselves and in all men, but we should never undervalue the man in whom the sin is found. And again, I just go back to our society today. My struggles, I think a lot of people... I think there's so many people that are demented, that are screwed up and evil. I think their thought processes are terrible. And then I have to read, then I read this from Tozer. And it's a reminder, God's form, these men and women are created in God's image. I can't have, hold them in contempt, although it'd be, it's really easy for me to do it. I have to dislike what they do and judge that, but I don't hold the human in contempt. And I think in our society today, especially in America, conservative versus liberal, there's so much contempt. There's contempt for each other. There's no love. There's no understanding. There's no compassion. So often there's contempt. Even in my HOA, we're dealing with the issues from the hurricane. And in the discussions with others, there's contempt for the opposing thought process. It's about a dock. It's about a marina, for goodness sake. It's not about your children, your, li- your life. This, but we sit there and we have such contempt for the opposing thought. It really is a challenge and it's, and it's very sad. And contempt for a human, simply because they think differently or they do different things, really that is, to, to Tozer's point, that's us not honoring God, not blessing him and respecting him having made us in his image. So it's my challenge this week to not have that contempt for others that disagree with me and to look at people and be that peacemaker, that person who, who is the light, not to lose my saltiness, but to be the salt of the earth. 
And it's those steps that are so critical to us as we go and grow closer to God. It's the only way I think we, I, I can grow closer to God is to remove myself more completely because quite ca- candidly, I, there's so much contempt I would have for myself that I could never approach the throne if I truly looked at myself for all my actions and didn't look at myself as a forgiven child of his. I need to give that same, take that same view of others. So with that, I'm just going to close this with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all that you've done. I just pray as we go about our day and your word goes out, I pray that it would be fruitful. That anything that I've said that's not right, I just pray it would be removed. And that people would hear your message, not mine. So, Father, be glorified in all that we do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.